Genre. Hi everyone and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we're watching the 90s live action turtle movie one father-son soothing minute at a time. And I realize upon saying that it is kind of sounding creepy (laughs) and I almost want to take it back and change it, but I'm just going to leave it. Um, I'm Scott Tofty and I'm here with your hosts, Chris, Adam, Rachel, and our very special guest, Mr. Mike Carlucci. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us again. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah. And uh, we are getting into minute number 17 here on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which begins with Splinter very solemnly placing a hand upon his son's head and ends with Danny, that little son of a beep, looking up and seeing (laughs) something. And we don't know what, but he wants it, whatever it is. He's got want face. Something tells me he's got mischief behind those eyes. (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> so uh so like i said we are we are joined here by mr mike carlucci mike is uh uh on loan to us from the return to oz minute podcast uh mike why don't you tell us a little bit about that podcast that you're working on yeah um the uh unofficial sequel to the wizard of oz obviously we're starting with return to oz uh doing it with uh tierney callahan and, you know, we both uh, really liked the movie uh, as kids. And, you know, sometimes uh, that's just the, uh, the, the path you got to go down. Uh, pick, pick, something, pick something weird and strange. That is a weird one, man. I yeah. remember, I don't know that I've ever seen the whole thing, but I definitely remember watching parts of it. And speaking of movies with interesting puppets and... I, I only ever saw, like, parts of that movie, and it always, like, those parts have stuck with me. Like, they're all creepy, creepy parts. Yeah. we I have this family friend that likes to collect um, old 16-millimeter films. You know who I'm talking oh, about, Adam. Oh, yeah, Todd. Todd. Oh, and, yeah, Todd. <laughs> yeah, Todd. <laughs> Everybody knows Todd. <laughs> he sells arcade games, too. He really, like, he does, cool he guy. does. Um <laughs> But he has this collection of 16 millimeter films, and we were up in the mountains one weekend, and he brought his projector and that movie on 16 millimeter. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> or maybe that is, that's it could an have experience. Been, it could have been 35. I don't know. He just had it on film, and he was like, "This is a weird movie that not a lot of people yeah. have seen." It's it, that's that's an experience though. Yeah. Like like there's seeing a movie, but then there's watching it on like. A, a for like a such a rare format like 16 millimeter prints of that are probably very rare well, I, the like shutter said, roll with that has got to add to the creep factor like crazy yeah that movie like watching that like on, on, on off of a film cam I, I just had the feeling like you know at one point dorothy's going to turn towards the camera and be like come on in <laughs> yeah i remember getting really freaked out and i had to I had to leave um but he also had the black cauldron do you remember that oh, movie? Wow, wow, that's, wow. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he had a lot of weird, interesting things. He has a lot of Warner Brothers Disney needs to make a live, ver- live action version of that one. Just a question, Rachel. Mm-hmm. How many people has Todd murdered? <laughs> that's uh, Acquitted. <laughs> acquitted. <laughs> Allegedly. No, he just has a weird it's collection of... It's not murder of... if they're inside the film. <laughs> he just has a weird collection of films, and he... He also okay. he also sells arcade cabinets, mm-hmm. and he has this showroom where he, like, I guess shows off his 
inventory. Yeah, and kids have birthday parties there. We we haven't been over there in a while. I, mm-hmm. At one point, it was like, hey, anytime you want to just come over and play like Turtles in Time or whatever, just come yeah. by. Well, listen, I'm what? sensing a class field trip. Um, um, yes. Hey, anytime. Totally. But but anyway, on the theme of finding something weird <laughs> and slightly off kilter from your childhood that you want to talk about in great detail. Here we are. Right? <laughs> right. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Good um, segue. I listen, that's that's why they pay me the big bucks, you know? <laughs> we do not. S- Scott yes. makes the big uh, podcast money. Yeah, all that podcast money that everyone keeps talking about. <laughs> Get me some of that By the way, if you money, would like to sponsor say. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Minutes, by all means, do reach out. We do yes. have a Patreon. We'll talk about that at the end of the minute and a little bit more. Yeah, some other on. time. We're talking about you, Pizza Hut. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it was so Domino's. We're we're talking about you, uh, King Oscar anchovies. Mm-hmm. Ooh, gonna have another one? <laughs> I will in the next minute. I need to. The salt is still like seeping. In All right, save it for Wednesday. Um, so we get this street sign shot of Eleventh uh, and Bleecker, and you guys know me. You know that I, living in New York City, am a bit of a geographical nut when it comes to this stuff. So what did I do, guys? I you went, went to Eleventh and Bleecker. Uh, no, well, I didn't go there physically, but I went there virtually. I grabbed a, a, a Google oh, map. Okay, good point. And uh, I did a street view, and believe it or not, Eleventh Street and Bleecker Street does not exist. Not what? quite. West 11th Street and Bleecker Street exists. Oh, that counts. But this building that we're looking at has either been knocked down if they're actually shooting on location, which I have a feeling they're probably not, uh, or the windows and brick have been entirely redone because I believe now at 11th and Bleecker is like a Magnolia bakery, which is a pretty famous bakery in the city. But mm. huh. um, it's sort of not quite Hell's Kitchen-y, but not far off. Um, but it is also, it's the start of Bleecker Street around that area. Um, one of the, I can't remember if it was a behind the scenes video or something I saw recently. I, I, I don't have the source, so I apologize. But it was quoted as the turtle's layer was supposed to look like it was on Bleecker Street. So, like, the location scouts went and photographed Bleecker Street. And so, the, when you see the exterior of the turtle's layer, like the street level shots, like the pizza delivery, and then later again in the movie, that's supposed to emulate Bleecker Street. So, it's funny that April also lives on Bleecker. Um, I guess in the movie canonically the turtles probably don't actually live on bleaker street but there's a little bit of movie trivia for are they you. supposed to also be in hell's kitchen because that would make sense given their uh you know the origins well, there you know it's funny because we sort of have surmised based on where Raphael chooses to go to the movies they're up on your central mm-hmm. park west and you know mm-hmm. that they were kind of up in that area and this is not exactly in that neighborhood um mm. so it's sort of an interesting hodgepodge of new york city uh, geography. I, I um, feel that that happens in the movies a lot. Like when when they're like, "Oh, we're in New York," they make New York seem kind of small mm-hmm. in that sense. They're like, "Oh, here we're on Bleecker Street. Now we're on Central Park West. Now we're in Harlem. Now we're in Brooklyn." Yeah, it's like it's like how in Rocky when he runs from where is it all the way down in South Philly to the Art Museum in like ten minutes. <laughs> My dad used to do that run. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's think- not a short run. That's that's a montage. It you yeah, know it allows yeah. you to have time go 
So time goes quicker in a montage. We're going yeah. to need a montage. <laughs> but, you know, my dad likes to say you couldn't do that in the morning. It would take like half a day. Well, that depends on like... how many raw eggs you scarf down. True. <laughs> True. Um, so I'd like to know when one of my best reporters is being mugged. Like... <laughs> <laughs> how often does that happen yeah and and what like, boss comes to their employee's apartment before work while they're getting ready for work and who, yeah who brings their kid like I, not yeah, only have I you come over that. to your employee's apartment but you brought your kid like it's pretty intrusive yeah i guess their channel is just like a small business when it comes to the news <laughs> Local yeah. station. Mike, you had this, this whole shop. sequence like quoted in your show notes. Did you want to talk about this part a little bit? Yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like he, it, it had been so long since I, had, since I had seen the movie. And I'm like, oh, who is this guy? And he's, like, he, he's, he's there in her apartment. He's looking out the window and there's, you know, there's a kid. And, and you know, is it, is it her kid? Is it, you know, is it his kid? Like, <laughs> What, why is he there? Uh, and he's just sort of sitting there with his, uh, well, with his headphones on. So, Walkman. Conspiracy theory. <laughs> April and Charles have been having an affair for years, and oh, Danny yeah. is her illegitimate oh, yeah. child. Maybe not, no, not that far. Not that far. No, <laughs> Danny does have far. red hair. Yeah. It's kind of got no, the freckles. Danny, <laughs> Danny, no, because Danny is like 14 or 15, and she is, no. How old do we think April O'Neil is She's in this She's got to be Come like, on. you would imagine maybe early 30s, late 20s. So, yeah. so she had this illegitimate child with her, her future boss when she was like 17. She could have been an intern. That would explain why oh. Danny doesn't know. I, yeah. I, I then, don't think you know, so. If, if you see this kid all the time, don't, wouldn't you get like a pang of like, oh, that's my baby. Maybe not. No, instead, I, she instead she I asked him how so. school. Yeah, how school. <laughs> that's like that's like what you ask a kid when you don't care about the response yeah. at all. <laughs> like I see that when I run into people's dogs, I go like, "Oh, hey, Hunter, how's school?" Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he Whoa? says that to his brother's dog all the time. <laughs> Aw, and what does Hunter Obedient say? In school, he, Hunter, nothing. Not yeah. he's not smart. <laughs> he also doesn't go to school. Uh, he dropped out. Maybe he should. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that, no. He... That dog's like school on Sunday. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, their 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 relationship. I, I I didn't. I that conspiracy is not quite as far as I was willing to go. I kind of thought that maybe like they have a somewhat inappropriate relationship. Like 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 the, maybe he has tried to ask her out and she's rebuffed him, but they're sort of still friends about it or mm. like, you know, he's they just had, mildly they, sexually they harassed some, her at work. Yeah. They, well, it's, it's 1990. So like early nineties, that's totally it's the okay. Early nineties. Right? This is, this is less Ugh. of, well, I mean, it's still obviously a huge issue, but it was less of a, a well-known issue and under, it was less understood, less, less in the open. And, 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 uh, uh, you know, I kind of have the feeling like he tried to come on to her like at a Christmas party and she was like, no, f you know, mm, Ugh, Charles, go no. away. Like, no, Charles. And and like they've just sort of been uncomfortably like they moved past it. I think they've moved past it. I think he tried <laughs> to hit on her in the past and she she she's like, nope. 
and they they're they're just moving on and that was a long time ago and now they're just good friends i just you know the crime wave in new york city is bad when he's like listen the rule is you have to tell me when you get mugged do you know that (laughs) but even though their relationship did not work out it was the impetus for uh charles's divorce Oh, absolutely. Ooh. There we go. That's Chris, I think you just explained that very nicely. I can believe all Back of that. Story. <laughs> and this was before that commercial, too, that this is sexual harassment, and I don't have to take it. I was it. just thinking of that. <laughs> oh, man, what was that commercial? It was like oh, God, I'm gonna mid, look that up. Early, mid to late 90s, I think. Oh, if we can find that, we'll put it in the show, show notes. <laughs> Listen, yeah, our show so notes good. are going to be... Yeah, possibly even better than our show. <laughs> and maybe, Probably. maybe Danny secretly hopes that April becomes his stepmom. Maybe that's why he he's acting out. I think and... there's a lot more to say about that later in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Charles doesn't seem like her boss. It was 1993 that ah. this is sexual harassment. Uh, yep. I don't so, have to take it. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, so it was still few a years away. Few unaddressed years problem. Away. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. Where were we? I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, Danny secretly hopes that she'll be his stepmom, but that we'll get to that later. Yeah. Anyway, so Danny's sitting there and Charles is saying that this kid doesn't even go to school. So the answer to the question, hey, Danny, how's school is like, fine, I'm not going. Um, (laughs) Kind of like Hunter. Yeah. Poor Hunter. Hunter the dog. (laughs) And then Danny sticks his head in those things, which appears to be some sort of headphones. I don't know if it's a Sony Walkman, but it's definitely a cassette based personal music. Well, we just called them all Walkman. Well, we saw him steal it earlier. Regardless regardless of whether it was Sony, I mean it's a Walkman. Yeah. That's just what we called them. Mike, you had you got some numbers on the cost of of this. Can you run us through that real quick? Yeah. Uh, so we don't know exactly the, the the make and the model, but a Sony AM/FM cassette player, according to the good people at the people the people's not just the people history, uh, was about one hundred and fifty dollars in nineteen ninety three. So wow! In ninety three? In ninety three, well, it was one hundred and fifty. Wow. Gee, you can get those for like $2 wow. now. So in Man, how did we ever have Assuming those? you can even <laughs> find them. No, they they still you can still get them like on they sell them at like CVS sometimes I'll see them. Sure, but like how could you, I I'm thinking 150 bucks in 93. Jeez, we had it good cuz everyone had one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, had, I had that uh that yellow um They were probably cheaper ones. I, I'm a, I'm, we have to have had cheaper versions. Anyway, what does that yeah. look like now? What's that conversion rate to 2017? <laughs> if you can believe it, $255. Wow. wow. Whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, Beats headphones, man. Beats headphones. It's an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. It's, an Xbox. it's cheaper than an iPhone. And you know, wow. I didn't really have much of a tape collection. I listened to um, what did I listen to? I listened to the Batman '89 soundtrack. Obviously, oh, I listened one. to nice. uh, the Aladdin soundtrack, <laughs> and also and, um, Space oh, Jam. Sp- uh, not Space Jam. <laughs> I had a bunch of like au- not not audiobooks, but like sort of like those cassettes that went along with um, like books, like mm-hmm. story, like Batman uh, stories. Oh, like it yeah. was an, it was like an audio comic book kind of thing. I had those. Yeah played those over and over and over again and then crap i can't remember but i i like stopped playing it when i actually got in i stopped playing cassettes when i was really getting into music i had uh i had please hammer don't hurt him by mc hammer yes 
Wow. And uh, oh. the Go- the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack, I played until the tape stretched. That, okay. that happened to my Little Mermaid soundtrack. <laughs> I, I got, oh, I don't remember what cereal it was, but from a box of cereal, I don't remember if I sent away for it or if it came in the box, it was a single, a cassette <laughs> single. Oh, wow. And mm. I think both sides of it was Kid and Play. Um. Oh my God! What was the song? What was the song? Oh, I'm gonna forget now. Um. Oh, for the love of Pete! Now I'm not gonna remember this. But it was a kid and play cassette single. It's driving me nuts that I can't remember the name of the song. But that was. I mean, I had other things also, but that just that struck me, and I felt like I needed to share that. I I recorded a lot of stuff off the radio, so I would make. Mixtapes on the fly, like I Ain't always gonna had... hurt nobody. Sorry, ah. got it. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. Sorry, Rachel. I always had a blank tape in my tape deck, and I would just record a song. And I had a really awesome mixtape. And what I loved was like the DJ intro. Oh, uh, when they would like talk through the intro yeah. of a song. Did you do your own, or did you record like the radio DJs? I would record the radio DJs because like I would start to hear a song and then quick hit record. So uh. I had mixtapes where it would be like. It would start with the DJ speaking and DJ hitting the post. Yeah, 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 getting out right before the words start. Yeah. God, I n- now I have two legit to quit stuck. In my head. <laughs> well, MC Hammer's on this soundtrack, isn't he? Yeah, he's in the end credits, I think. <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think there's uh, they're playing Technotronic in the uh, the foot layer at one point too. Yeah, Technotronic <laughs> yep. was really big in the early '90s. So. Oh my god, I just I love the idea of like Charles his kid comes home with this thing. What do we say it was worth? 200 and what? Like 250 bucks yeah. today. He comes back he comes home with an Xbox. Well, we see him steal it in the foot layer in the beginning, yeah. remember yeah. when he's well, like yeah, unboxing yeah, we, we stuff? Know. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just bringing it bringing us all back to speed here. Just So is it just that he thinks he gets it I I'm assuming Charles is divorced and the and and so maybe he thinks he got it from his mom? Did your mom buy you that? <laughs> to try and win your love? Did, you, <laughs> did your whore mother buy you that? Oh, God. <laughs> well, Charles is a misogynist, so. We went, we went right there. Wow. Well, he seems like the kind of uh, dad who would badmouth his ex-wife. That, I'll buy that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he also seems like the guy that says I'll buy that for a dollar I'll buy that for a dollar yes um, oh my god is he that guy <laughs> I don't think so so Danny throws his head into the uh, awesome you know 1990 version of Beats by Dre and he opens it he opens a comic book and if you look really quickly when they cut to the shot of him closer you see the cover and it says Gizmo well, I've hunted this down. I knew that Gizmo was a comic book that was published by Mirage Studios. This is the same company that put out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it's Eastman and Laird's company. And by this time, you know, uh, this particular issue, I, I looked up the cover. It's issue number four. It came out in 1986. Um, by this time, they'd been around for a, a couple of years now. The first Turtles came out in 84. It was a huge success for them. And they printed a few more comics, and they started throwing in some of their other artists that they had hired. So this book is written, penciled, inked, and colored by artist Michael Dooney. Um, 
original characters of his, he used to do some of the covers for the reprints on the Turtles comics. So whenever they'd send it back for printing and it came back with uh, alternate covers, he did a lot of that artwork. Michael Dooney also did a lot of promo art for the Turtles, including one of the uh, posters for this movie. It's a hand-painted poster of the Ninja Turtles. Um, I got the pleasure to meet him at New York Comic Con several years ago. He's very nice, Ooh, and wow. he signed signed a print of a picture he did of Wonder Woman for me. Neat. Um, and in the back of this particular issue, and I'd love to find this particular image, is a Dark Knight Returns parody. I think featuring the characters from Gizmo, done by another in-house Mirage artist, Steve Levine. Um, just there you go. So now you know all about that stupid comic book that he's reading. It's just another reference to man. The these guys origin. really didn't like Frank Miller. <laughs> well, they really liked Frank Miller. I'm not sure. Was it, that artist was was he involved with the Image Comics Turtles? I remember that. I remember they had like that that look from some of the covers. I'm not sure. Um, he I might have been the Image books. The Image books. I almost think. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I don't have a lot of those because they weren't under Mirage. They went to a different company, and I, it might have been some of the same artists. I'd have to do more research on that. I I can do that and get back to us. I had um, like the first six issues of that at one point, and they got like you know lost the mm-hmm. way comics do. That's sad. Those are yeah. fun, and they're probably um, worth a lot of money now too. Yeah, probably. I, I, probably a fair shake. Yeah. Um, Image Comics Ninja Turtles. Uh, I don't think it's Michael Dooney, uh, but Michael Dooney, if you remember the cover for the, uh, oh no, that's a lie. I was going to say he was, he did the cover of, um, the original Ninja Turtles Nintendo game, but that is not the case. I don't think that was him. He might've painted it. He uh, might've okay. done it. Actually, that might be him now that I think about it. That, I think that is his art. I could be a hundred percent wrong on that, but, um, I could also be a hundred percent right. So I'm just going to pretend I'm the second one. And it's great art. That was a great. That was a great bad game too. It's like one of my favorite bad games. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so hard. It's like the hardest yeah. game ever. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, hard to think about. I, I recently watched a speed run of that game where someone got through it in like eleven minutes. What? I think you might have talked about that in a previous minute. Maybe it was off mic, but I feel like I we might have recently had that discussion. Also, like, how do you even? How do you get yeah. through yeah, any of the levels doing that? Like you have to be borderline autistic. I think. <laughs> oh, like 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 that kid it's like hyper focused. Like yeah. that kid from the movie The Wizard. Yeah. With, uh, oh, that movie with Fred Savage. Oh. Yeah. It was like you know a little bit autistic, but was really good at video games. Either having terrible deja vu, or we've definitely had. Use this the warp whistle. How I know about the warp whistle? Who knows. <laughs> April's apartment, by the way, and we'll get into this more a little later. Like 1990s New York, it's I love that it's appropriately crappy. Like nothing <laughs> in her apartment looks nice that we can see so far. Like her cabinets are all plywood. The the mm-hmm. the, the doors on the cabinets are like some weird gray or blue. Like her chairs are awful. Her table looks like it's from the 50s. And I started thinking about this. Um like you see all this kitschy stuff in her apartment. And at first I was like, you know, why does she have all this terrible stuff? <laughs> and like, even Charles is like, I'm going to have someone escort you to that stone age van of yours. And then I'm like thinking, Oh my God, her father owns an antique store or owned mm-hmm. an antique store. <laughs> like they're just building her character. All of her stuff is totally outdated and retro and kitschy. 
because that's just part of who she is. And I never really put that together that they've sort of dressed the set to reflect that aspect of her history and her personality. That's a good point. Yeah. I was very proud and also of myself the fact on that, that the uh, news channel is a mom and pop organization that doesn't pay very much. Yes. Yeah, that too. That too. Oh man. Um, I, I kind of think that's it for this minute for me. You guys got anything? Nah, yeah, I don't think so. No, Mike, anything? Uh, I mean, right. stick his head in those things. I still can't get, uh, Get past that. Like, he's, it's 1990. He should know their headphones. <laughs> also, he works at a television yeah, station. Yeah. He works. He knows exactly what those, they are. Yeah. Those he's not that old. Earmuff speakers. <laughs> Sticks his head in those things. Well, you're not really sticking your head in them. You're sticking them <laughs> on your head, too. Yeah, they would have to be really big headphones for you to be sticking your head in them. <laughs> I feel like Charles is just being super passive aggressive. That's all. Yeah. Just, just being kind of a dick. Just mm-hmm. be a lame dad. That's a yep. lame yeah. dad thing to, to yep. do. Mm-hmm. Get your head out of those things. Yeah, that's totally like lame dad stuff. Like if I'm oh. a dad, I'm not going to learn the names of anything. Well, it, it reminds me of, uh, I was listening to The Clash one time and my dad walks by. He's like, those guys need to learn how to play their instruments. And I was like, what, what do you know, dad? <laughs> no, they're like the one punk band that could. Yeah. <laughs> they're like the Beatles oh my God, of punk God, What would have happened if you were listening to the Ramones? <laughs> His head would have just exploded. Granted, it was something off of um, Combat Rock, which isn't a great album, but whatever. Yeah. All it's right. here nor there. Well, before we get into another foray into American and British punk rock, which tends to happen <laughs> from time to time on this show, I think we're going to wrap up this minute. So for uh, the crew here at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, uh, me, Chris, Rachel, Adam, and our friend Mike, who you can catch uh, at Oz Minute. Uh, that's OZ Minute on, uh, I'm assuming, Twitter. On Twitter. And go listen to Return to Oz Minute uh, uh, by, by Mike Carlucci and Tierney. Uh, we're going to say goodbye and we'll catch you guys on minute number 18. Bye. 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 Cowabunga.